Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks very much for being here. Sorry about that little break that I had, but uh, we were out of town. We uh, we took the family and uh, we went out to the Smoky Mountains out in Tennessee uh, and got away for a while, got to see some sites, got to do some cool things. Uh, ultimately, it was just, uh, you know, I was thinking, hey, I'm going to try to record, but uh, ultimately, it was just a little too uh, hectic and here, there, everywhere to be able to get my thoughts together, really watch the market enough and uh, have some time to put together something that was meaningful for you guys. So um, I let episode 200 linger there for a while. We uh, definitely covered some good stuff in that one. And uh, since then, I, I think you guys really uh, let the market go sideways on me while uh, I really wasn't paying attention here. But um, I guess that gives us a little bit better of an entry point. So we will take a look at a couple of the things going on. I'm going to try to recap uh, what I missed, uh, get caught back up to speed, and uh, maybe try to identify some things that really make a little bit more sense to me here. Uh, so uh, first up, we did go ahead and buy MPW for the investing challenge. If uh, if you're not following along, that is over there on Facebook, uh, where we are voting on a stock every week, except this past week. I, I did not have a vote. Uh, I didn't even really look at the market. So uh, I do think it's good sometimes to get away, take your mind off of it, and uh, regroup. So. Uh, for week 33, we are investing $200 into MPW. Already did that. Uh, this one has uh, kind of continued to fall. It was down about 7.6% on Friday. And we're down in that uh, $6.93 range uh, currently. So we're sub $7. That makes this dividend around 16%. I want to say it was. I, I did look at that number. Uh, let me get back to it. Uh, 15 and a half. We'll... we'll be fine with that. Anyhow, it, it did go up a little bit after hours on Friday to about $7.04. Uh, I didn't really look too much as to what was going on. Uh, it does say there's an article here saying medical properties replies to a Wall Street article uh, saying that uh, there were false and misleading articles published about them. Uh, so there's a lot of different things going on. Uh, man, th this dividend uh, I really want to count on it. I know they sold off some of the business. Some of the revenue was down on the last earnings report, which made sense. They sold off some of that business, right? They did raise some capital, but the the revenue from operations was lower. So uh, I think we got to reassess where we need to be and really get some quarters behind us that really kind of put together the future of this company. Know that this dividend safe. Know that the revenues are going to kind of keep coming in. We're going to be getting that cash flow and uh, ultimately... This uh, this fifteen percent dividend is actually worthwhile. Normally, when you see something above six seven percent, they tend to get pretty risky. Uh, you're kind of wondering if it's going to be sustainable. They're going to have the cash in order to pay out that high of a percentage, and uh, that's kind of where we're at right now. So hopefully, this company can get rid of some of that uh, additional debt that's out there, pay off some things, move forward, and really streamline this business into. Uh, a powerhouse that uh, it might have been once was, and and we're trying to reclaim some of that uh, some of that throne that they were sitting on. But um, yeah, so I did go ahead and buy it. Uh, it proceeded to uh, fall pretty substantially throughout the week. Where did we buy? We were probably in that uh, that mid seven dollar range uh, this past Monday, and like I said, we're down uh, you know fifty sixty cents as the close on Friday, but uh, came back up a little bit after hours. But um, yeah, going forward. I was really going to come on here and say, you know what? We didn't vote this past week. However, uh, I'm going to be buying SPY. I'm going to be buying the S&P 500, uh, kind of just, you know, dollar cost average into the market. Uh, you know, some things have definitely cooled off in the past week or month. You know, August has certainly been a uh, more of a downward month for us overall. But um, man, I'm looking at a couple things that uh, just really don't have me too comfortable buying the S&P 500. Uh, one of those things happens to be the P.E. ratio of the S&P 500. Uh, over time, the uh, the average is about a 16 times P.E. multiple. 
uh since uh what the 1800s give or take i'm looking at this chart on uh multiple.com uh and it's currently sitting around 24.9 so it is still uh way above average however when you look at it over the course of time um you know from original uh start of the s&p down back in the 1870s maybe to around 1980 uh we really didn't see any spikes above above 25 and then I think, uh, you know, we really started getting a lot of these growth stocks and, and high uh, PE multiple stocks into the S&P 500. We had a lot of the dot-com era. We had a lot of this uh, other tech names that really got added. And that brought this multiple up. So do I ever think it's going to get back down to a 16? Oh, man, that's a, that's a tough call. If some of these companies, these large companies really mature and they don't have that growth left in them, maybe... But uh, I got to say that I don't think that we're going to see a 16 times multiple anytime soon. So if it got under 20, I really think that it's a buy. I don't really know that that we're going to see that at this time, but uh, it's certainly uh, out there, right? It could certainly happen. We could certainly so see more of a correction. But uh, what I am seeing, and this is uh, kind of what I was saying, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, was that uh, the tech stocks were getting overvalued. I wasn't really looking to buy them. But uh, a lot of them have really cooled since I've made a lot of those comments, right? We had Amazon really shoot up. But uh, when I'm looking at Amazon, you know, it has cooled back down. It's in the 130 range. It did hit like 143, I want to say it was. Yeah, 143.63. The PE is still high, uh, but that is a lot on uh, some write-offs from uh, selling out some of their Rivian stake, uh, taking some losses on that. So there weren't as much on the earnings from that. Uh, but now going forward, you know, we happen to have a 30% upside on Amazon again. Uh, so I'm looking at that as a potential opportunity to get into this name. Uh, still have some upside, even though the low estimate is at 140. That's still 5% up from here. Nothing to write home about. But the uh, the high estimates sitting at $230 on Amazon. So we could definitely see this one move up substantially. Uh, I still like the business. They're rolling out some AI tools to write uh, product uh, listings for people that are selling on the platform. They're really focusing on other uh, lanes to make some more money. And, uh, you know, the AWS and all the other things that they are doing are still uh, good, solid growth drivers. So I'm still bullish on this name. And uh, I'm not just simply looking at Amazon here, but I I'll look over at Meta, right? We saw Meta trading in the, what, 320 range, I want to say it was, uh, probably a month and a half, two months ago at this point. And now we're at 283.25. Uh, yeah, no, not even that far. 728, we were at 326. So we've had, uh, what, 43 points of correction to the downside on Meta after reporting better than expected numbers, solid growth. The advertising business is still there. And uh, they kind of are getting away from a, list, a lot of this Metaverse talk that they were really focused on a year, year and a half ago. And uh, people are a lot more comfortable with this name again. So the PE sitting at 33. Yes, that's high. Uh, again, these tech names, the large seven, are very heavily uh, part of the S&P 500. What, 40, 50% at this point? We did get a correction on that. But uh, it is still making this PE on the S&P 500 high. So 33.4% um, of upside on Meta, according to uh, 41 different analysts. And uh, again, just uh, another company that I can wrap my head around investing at this uh, this lower multiple after a correction of 40 plus points. And uh, the, the list goes on, right? Google, uh, NVIDIA came down from some of those highs or getting some more uh, price target bumps. Google's got about 18% of upside. NVIDIA, where are we at on NVIDIA right now? Uh, we're sitting at 432, the average price target, 521. I told you guys I was trimming at 445. I did. Uh, and if it got to 495, I was trimming at that point as well. So it dropped underneath of that. Um, and now I think we got into that 420 range. Uh, so I didn't quite catch the bottom. But uh, long story short, what I'm saying here is some of these tech names are a little bit more um, tolerable as far as the price and the PE and the metrics and the earnings. A lot of that is still there. We did have some things in the news this week about... Uh, uh, rate hikes. We did have some things about CPI coming in less than expected. There's still uh, some talk that you know we might see another bump up in rates, maybe in September. 
maybe not, maybe in uh, November, which I think brought a lot of the market down, the fact that um, you know we could potentially see another bump up in rates. When beginning of this year, we were talking about how uh, the, the Fed might be cutting by the end of the year. We might get two, three, four cuts. And uh, now we potentially are going to get another hike and no cuts. So it could be uh, you know, elevated for longer. We are seeing interest rates move up. We're seeing a lot of these uh, uh, mortgage rates move up. A lot of different problems out there. So uh, a lot of different uncertainty, not even really problems, just uncertainty. So what I'm saying right now, where I'm looking to invest $200 tomorrow, Monday, is going to be QQQ. Uh, I like these technology names. I let them cool off. I wasn't really pushing to buy them a month ago. Uh, I thought they were getting a little too hot. Now, is this a perfect entry point? Probably not. Uh, it could certainly, you know, cool down a little bit more. We could certainly see the uh, the S and P five hundred and the Nasdaq take more of a uh, of a beating if we do get some more rate hikes if things don't go our way. But uh, I'm definitely more comfortable after we've seen some of these names correct from some of their highs. Uh, as I said, Meta's come down forty plus points. Uh, Amazon went up, but then kind of stabilized. And uh, I'm, I'm not seeing that complete euphoria. We've given some of that euphoria back. And now I think, hey, this might be a better point to enter. Uh, so the QQQ is an ETF. It's made up of all these different names that I was just discussing. And uh, ultimately, it's going to be a tech index or uh, exchange traded fund where you're buying, uh, you know, putting $200 in. Well, they're, they're trading at $358, but I'm putting $200 in into Webull. I can buy fractional shares over there. There is a link in the description. That is one of the reasons that I use Webull is to be able to dollar cost average with a set amount every week into a name that I want. Um, so now when I'm buying this, let's look at the portfolio makeup of Invesco QQQ. Um, 50%, 56% large cap, 34% uh, or sorry, 56% giant, 34% large, 9% medium, no smaller micro names in this fund. So 48% of the holdings are made up of Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, NVIDIA, Meta Platforms, Facebook, uh, Instagram, WhatsApp, uh, Tesla, Broadcom, uh, Alphabet, Class A and Class C, and then PepsiCo, right? So most of it is going to be those tech names that we kind of know and love. Uh, we follow very closely. And uh, a lot of them are getting into a point where I feel comfortable buying them, right? Uh, like I said, Amazon's PE sitting at 105, according to this chart. Uh, again, that's uh, trailing 12 months or TTM. If you see TTM, that's trailing 12. Uh, I'm going to be saying that the future uh, PE on Amazon is going to be much less. Uh, NVIDIA is currently trading at a uh, trailing of 225, which is remarkably high. But uh, a lot of people are focused on the growth and where those earnings are coming from. So I'm not so concerned with that. Uh, I do believe that these numbers are going to come down um, and the, the earnings are going to continue to go up. So that number is high, but uh, you're going to pay more for these high growth, large tech names. Uh, Apple sitting at 29, a little bit higher than where I want it, but uh, it's been trading higher uh, than where it traditionally has traded for quite some time. They've got more money in the bank than they know what to do with. Microsoft, similar situation, PE at a 32 uh, Meta at a 32. We've got uh, Tesla sitting at 61 times, uh, Broadcom at a 25, and Google sitting around 27. So my point here is a lot of these names are pulling that S&P 500 average on that PE up to about that 25 mark. But um, as far as where they historically trade and uh, being able to buy these on that dip, I think we should be okay. I don't know that it's the perfect entry. So I'm not going all in, but this is a way that I can dollar cost average into the QQQ and get some more growth and still have some upside. And uh, and pretty much all of these names that I've looked at, I didn't look at Broadcom. I didn't look at Tesla. Uh, let's take a look. Let's just see uh, AVGO for Broadcom, which that ticker uh, doesn't really explain the name at all, but that's okay. Uh, when I go over here, we're sitting at 8.25. The uh, the high from July 25th was 9.23. So this one has come down almost 100 points. Uh, quarterly dividend around 2%. Uh, that PE, like I said, around 26. Uh, we've got uh, only 6% of upside on that one. That does not really surprise me. Uh, Tesla, 
TSLA uh, sitting at 215. This one did correct as well. Uh, and that average price target at 253.7. So about 17.7% of upside on Tesla. So again, uh, is this a screaming buy? No, I, I don't know that it is, but uh, it's getting to a point where I feel comfortable adding uh, the fact that it's cool, the fact that people aren't just rushing to to buy them hand over fist and, and thinking that they're going to go to the moon. Uh, I feel a lot more uh, comfortable saying that uh, this is a spot where I feel uh, that we can buy this and, and have some sort of reassurance that uh, we have some more upside. Uh, it might take a little bit. We might have that uh, that rate hike that is ultimately going to hurt a lot of these tech names. But uh, if we don't get that and uh, we start seeing some cuts by the uh, first quarter, second quarter of 24, I think these names are going to be back off to the races. We still have a strong consumer. A lot of that inflation is coming down. Supply chain is getting back in line. And uh, a lot of things here that just make me think that, uh, you know, it could be a good point to start taking a look at some of these different tech names that are out there. Uh, I do want to point out, this is uh, this is mind-blowing to me, that uh, there is, who is this? There's someone on Tesla's in, uh, investor analyst page saying that uh, Tesla is going to $24.33. That is, uh, that's remarkable to me. So 88% of downside. Uh, I don't know if that's a typo. I, I I gotta think that it's if it's not uh, they they are really uh, bearish on this one. I I don't see that happening at all. Uh, JLG Research says no. He says it's a sell. Uh, price target of twenty four dollars and thirty three uh, cents. His uh, average return is minus sixty seven percent on this name, and he's only successful forty four percent of the time. So uh, I'm gonna go out and say that uh, this doesn't happen. But uh, <laughs> If it did, that would be a lot of upset people out there. But uh, Tesla, uh, I did see this article. They are looking to uh, get into some data centers. They're they're looking to build out their own. They're looking to hire for some roles in that uh, that data center type category uh, for a lot of the information that they process. I'm sure a lot of the uh, information being sent back and forth in between the cars has got to be stored somewhere. And uh, ultimately, they're looking to handle their own business. Uh, so that is interesting. They're looking to uh, really get into another lane. They are coming out uh, with the standard range Model S and Model X. Those prices are going to be about $10,000 cheaper than the current uh, S and X pricing. And they are going to be about 100 less miles of range. So I believe the uh, the Model S long range is about 405. I think it's around 310 that you're going to get out of the Model S standard range. Uh, so another option there, I believe they're still cutting some prices in China around six to seven percent uh, on some different models out there. And uh, what else we got? I did mention that CPI, right? We had uh, CPI came in at three point two percent. That's the consumer price index uh, of inflation, and we were expecting three point three, so that came in a little bit light. Core numbers, we were looking uh, for four point seven percent. And we came in right at 4.7% year over year from July. So uh, those numbers were pretty right in the in the money of where we thought they were going to be. And uh, that really, to me, with, with inflation cooling, man, this, this is a tough call for the Fed. Inflation is cooling. There are a lot of lagging effects of all the you know 550 points that of, of hiking that we've done this far. Are we going to continue to see this or have we done enough pain? Uh, to the markets to really uh, stop some of the spending, bring that inflation numbers down, and and we're going to continue to see them come down if we stay elevated for a while. Um, man, I, I I don't know. That's a, that's definitely a, a tough call, one for the uh, economists out there. I can certainly see pausing for a little bit longer. Uh, at the same time, I, I was a proponent of saying that they should have elevated them quicker rather than these little quarter point uh, hikes every uh, every month. We should have just got the job done, go a full point uh, a couple times, uh, really you know, slam the inflation door shut and be done with it. So now that we're up here and numbers are cooling, uh, man, it's a, it's a tough call to say, do we go another 25 basis points? So ultimately, we will see. Uh, I do, and I, I should have brought this up. Uh, I wanted to look at the CME, the FedWatch tool. Uh, I will take a look at this one now to see what uh, what the numbers are saying and what people are, are expecting at the uh, the meeting in September. Uh, that is 31 days away. We are 
let me see this here. We got pop-up ads. We've got uh, 89% of the people saying that we are not getting a rate. We're going to stay where we're at. Uh, 11% saying we're going up another quarter point. Uh, so it, it looks like we're going to, right now, by the numbers, stay where we are. How about November 1st? I keep hearing some people saying that November 1st could be the day where they actually go ahead and raise these uh, these rates going forward. Um, 63% saying we stay at five and a quarter to five fifty. Uh, 33% saying we go up a quarter point and 3% of people saying we go up 50 basis points. So, uh, looking a little bit more possible for, uh, the November date than actually in September. So people are really thinking that, uh, the, the fed saying that they are going to remain data driven, uh, really watch these numbers we could potentially see another hike into November if uh, these numbers uh, actually show some reason to go ahead and raise again. So it's going to be a, a tricky one. I think that's a lot of the reason that the market really did sell off. Uh, we did see a lot of uh, a lot of red through August, really. I mean, uh, this past week is, is no exception to that. But um, yeah, I definitely think that uh, November could be uh, a little bit rocky if we do start seeing some of these inflation numbers either come in uh, as expected or if they do trend higher, we're, we're definitely going to get another rate hike. But uh, if they come in under and uh, we do see some more slowing, I think they stay where they're at, which could potentially be a good thing for uh, a lot of the market to get some stability out there. So um, what else we got? We've got uh, Johnson & Johnson. They uh, did do that spinoff of uh, Kenview. Let's uh, let's take a look at that one. The ticker, if you're following along, is KVUE, uh, and this one is currently trading around twenty two dollars eighty seven cents. Uh, current upside of about twenty three percent for a price target of twenty eight dollars and eleven cents. Uh, about three and a half percent of dividend yield. Um, yeah, their their swap offer. Uh, to get some Kenview shares, if you are a Johnson & Johnson holder, is about to expire. Uh, I'm not even 100% certain as to what Kenview is doing. Let's uh, let's follow the, uh, the company overview here. Uh, this is a spinoff of Johnson & Johnson. Uh, the company operates through three segments, self-care, skin health and beauty, and essential health. Uh, self-care is for uh, categories including cough, cold, and allergy, pain care, and other self-care. Uh, digestive health, smoking uh, cessation, and others. Uh, skin health and beauty uh, is going to be including face and body care and hair, uh, sun and others. Essential health is going to be oral care, baby care, and essential health, uh, women's health and wound care. Uh, so they've got uh, different brands, Tylenol, Neutrogena, Listerine, Johnson's, Band-Aid, Aveeno, Zyrtec, uh, Nicorette. Those are all going to be in this Kenview company spun off. And this one is going to be uh, getting brought into the S&P 500. It might have already have happened, but uh, I do think that that is going to be a huge benefit for this company. And uh, you know, hopefully if you are a Johnson & Johnson holder, uh, you know, you, you've know, you been following this one a little bit to know that this was actually happening. Uh, I know on E-Trade, they sent out some uh, alerts saying, hey, you could uh, swap some of your shares for Kenview shares. Uh, and that was a $40 billion exchange offer for Kenview. Uh, from your Johnson Johnson and Johnson shares. Uh, so that's what's going on there. I do like the fact that it's getting brought into the S&P 500. That does mean that uh, if anyone's buying the SPY, SPY, you are buying some of this Kenview name, albeit not a large amount as uh, the SPY has made up a lot of those uh, high growth tech names. That's what I was kind of referring to when I was saying that the, uh, the S&P 500 PE was sitting much higher than uh, where it normally sits because of these large cap are giant cap tech names. Uh, S&P 500, just a quick recap. Uh, again, a lot of the same names that make up the uh, QQQ, but uh, they are uh, going to be a heavier weighted in uh, the QQQ because it is mainly a tech index. So uh, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, NVIDIA, Google, Tesla, Meta, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, and United Health. So a lot of the same names, a lot of overlap. But uh, I'm thinking that we might get a little bit more growth out of the QQQ because of the fact that uh, those names have sold off recently, where a lot of these S&P 500 names have kind of uh, traded in line, and we've only had 30% of them come down 
uh, as much as some of these large cap names. So uh, that's not an exact number, but the fact that uh, a lot of these tech names have come down, but a lot of the other oil and gas and some of the healthcare names have uh, kind of trended up a little bit. Uh, I think there's a little bit more upside in the QQQ if things go right, albeit a little bit more volatile if things go wrong. So I'm willing to take that risk. I, I do like the fact that it is sold off. Uh, it should give us a better point of entry. And ultimately, we will see where those names go from there. Uh, so that's uh, kind of my two cents on what the market's doing right now. We've got CPI numbers. We had uh, some different uh, fear out there that uh, you know rates might go up. We, we've got some different things going on, being uh, companies being added in, and a whole lot of other news. But overall, the market has been down so far for August. Uh, I think we kind of see that trend continue through the the rest of the month, and then hopefully we can get some uh, uh, you know solid ground for get our footing and, and start moving back up. Uh, hopefully we will see a broad market rally. You know, all of these stocks actually contribute to some of the green, but uh, I definitely think that uh, you know these these large cap tech names they they could really lead that run if we uh, if we start getting people buying the QQQ and SPY. Uh, most of those names are going to favor that uh, those tech categories. So that's what I got there. Uh, I will uh, take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about stocks that I am looking at for, uh, I guess we're going to be on week 35 as I'm buying QQQ for 34. Uh, so I will uh, be right back and we're going to talk uh, some more stocks. So stick around. All right, guys, welcome back to the show here. And uh, yeah, we're, we're getting ready for uh, week 35 on the investing challenge. And we are trying to figure out which names uh, might have just been oversold, might have uh, really have a, a bright future ahead of it, but they aren't really getting paid attention to right now. And uh, there's a lot of different things that I'm trying to pay attention to here. Uh, so if you can definitely go ahead and subscribe, make sure that you are not missing any future updates here from me. And uh, I'm going to try to walk through some of the different things that I am thinking uh, for this week's investing challenge vote. Uh, so uh, I guess first off, we, we were talking about QQQ. I, I do like some of these names long term. Do I think that it is going to be a moonshot play right now? Uh, possibly not, right? It could, uh, could definitely have some further downside. But uh, I think once we get those rate hikes done, uh, we still got some very, very strong companies that make up that NASDAQ 100. They've got more cash than a lot of countries. Uh, more than a lot of GDPs of even some uh, some large nations. Uh, when I'm looking at Apple, uh, that it definitely comes to mind for those. But uh, when we're thinking about some other names, right? I'm trying to think about the names that might have been sold off for uh, some different things that made news recently, uh, some different things that are trending, and uh, just just some momentum plays that ultimately uh, could get us to that next level here. So. Um, I know I missed uh, the target earnings. This is this is one that is is kind of on my mind. Uh, I definitely like some of that uh, consumer staple play. I like Walmart. I like Target. Uh, Target had a lot of different political problems. Um, now, is this one that I'm going to add? I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna maybe take a look at all of these and see what is in store. Right? They're trying to uh, kind of backpedal some of that Pride Month push that they've really uh, been kind of criticized for. Some of the different plays they've been, been criticized for, right? They've they've down to a a PE of a seventeen point eight, which I think makes sense. Uh, we've got about a three point four percent dividend yield, which uh, is uh, is pretty solid when it comes to Target. I know uh, trading at some of the higher price points, they were under uh, under three for sure. I think near that two percent uh, dividend yield. So we're getting a little bit more dividend now. We've got about fourteen percent of upside on Target. And hopefully they are uh, past a lot of that supply chain hurdles. They're they're getting through a lot of this political stuff, but uh, to me they have uh, continually found a way to make more political problems for themselves. Uh, I guess they're in the headlines, they're in the news, but uh, ultimately if the the shopping carts aren't getting filled up, uh, maybe it's not the right play for us. So uh, I'm going to add that one to a, a list here as a consumer staple that might work. Uh, conversely, if I'm looking at Walmart. They've got about 13.3% of upside, so a little bit less, but I think a little less volatile. That definite uh, discount shop place that uh, a lot of people are going to go to. Uh, but our PE is getting uh, a good bit stretched. We're close to a 30 times multiple on Walmart versus uh, Target at a 17. Uh, the dividend at uh, Walmart is also a 1.46% versus 3.4 at Target. So if I had to pick 
uh, you've got uh, a, a better PE and a better dividend out of Target, although it's going to be a little bit more volatile, a little bit more politically driven right now, and uh, could have some volatility for those reasons. So I'm uh, just kind of walking through some of the things that I'm looking at when it comes to some of these names and uh, really where these names can go going forward. Uh, so conservatively speaking, uh, I like Walmart for that dividend and a uh, lower cost to entry. Uh, Target would get the nod for that one. But uh, let, let's run through some of these. So uh, one that Kathy Wood is buying, and uh, actually I'm looking at a Motley Fool article here. Uh, she says that she is looking at three stocks, right? Roku, uh, Coinbase, and the one of this list that I actually like, uh, which is going to be Square or Block. Uh, I don't really like Roku. Uh, yes, streaming is uh, is the way of the future, but I feel like there's a lot of ways to do that, right? There's a lot of different apps, the smart TVs and, and everything else. They've got their own way. I, I've never really used a Roku device, so that might be a little bit biased here for me. But uh, I use the Amazon Fire Stick. I use the Google uh, Chromecast and just you know, the apps through a TV, through a smart TV anymore. So that one never really resonated to me. I don't really know where the growth is coming from. Although I will say that uh, streaming has a bright future. Uh, linear and broadcast or cable and uh, broadcast is now under 50% of the TV usage for the first time uh, this past July. Uh, so that definitely has implications as to what's going to survive and what won't. So the streaming is definitely a larger percentage of the way that the whole world is or watching or viewing TV at this point. But now when I'm looking at Square, right, uh, ticker or block, uh, the ticker is SQ. This one is, I think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this one the nod for this week. So let's go ahead and call Square uh, week 35's number one name, right, SQ. Uh, I'm looking at this article and I was really comparing this to PayPal, right, PYPL. They got a new... Uh, CEO, uh, I believe the Intuit uh, former CEO came over to PayPal. Uh, so I definitely think that uh, PayPal has a bright future. Um, when you look at this one over the past six years, uh, they are, are they're back to the prices that they were at in 2017. Uh, they have 250 more customer, 250 million more customers for PayPal. They've got 14.5 billion in revenue. They've got a uh, $3.8 billion in free cash flow, 100 million less shares. They bought back a lot of shares, so they took those out. And uh, it's their lowest price to discounted free cash flow of the future. So I still like PayPal. They still gave good guidance, right? It's just lower margin business. A lot of the problem I see for PayPal is there are a lot of better competitors that are out there. PayPal had the eBay thing locked up, and that deal is done. Uh, so uh, I really think that it could be a good entry point. It's definitely a value play, but it could be a value trap, right? We're buying it based on it shouldn't be trading this low, but uh, then it surprises us and it gets traded lower. So conversely, when I'm looking at Block, uh, they have, um, let me see here, they got gross profit of $1.9 billion in the second quarter, which was up 27% year over year. Uh, that was a slowdown from gains in previous years. But I think a lot of that was a lot of pull forward through the pandemic. A lot of people were, were really using a lot of online shopping and a lot of online bill pay, things like that, uh, for a lot of those COVID-based reasons that they couldn't go out to stores. Uh, so now we, we're still growing, albeit less than COVID years, which is okay uh, for me. I, I definitely think that COVID threw off a lot of numbers, and we really had a some, some monster years for some different companies. But... Um, uh, on the merchant side, their uh, Square offers a suite of hardware, software, and financial services for uh, retailers to accept cards, but uh, they can complete a wide range of tasks to help them run their businesses as well. So that's definitely nice, right? Uh, now, their popularity, uh, the key trends with popularity uh, for larger merchants, uh, a positive development can uh, be because it can lead to lower cyclicality and gross payment volumes that might be more common with smaller and more economically sensitive merchants. Uh, so we've got a lot of different things here for Square that uh, are really going to drive this one uh, further, right? We've got uh, a lot of consumers are flocking to the Cash App. Uh, it's got 54 million monthly active users. Uh, it's consistently ranked as the top finance app on the Apple App Store. 
uh, and they have extremely low customer acquisition costs. Uh, so it's more or less word of mouth and people download this to pay their, their friends or whatever they're doing on that app. Uh, so that is definitely nice. Uh, their shares for Block are trading at 80% below their all-time highs from 2021. Again, that growth in 2021 was out of this world. People thought that these numbers were just going to keep continuing. So uh, we had that euphoria. Everyone was looking for growth stocks and uh, eventually all of them came down. But uh, we are trading at a severe price to sales discount, right? Uh, over the past uh, five years, their historical average has been a 6.1. Right now, we're trading at a 1.7. So we are getting a less than S&P 500 price to sales valuation on what is a growth stock growing at 27% year over year. So I definitely like the numbers. Uh, the fact that it is number one on the app store certainly helps. They are adding new users all the time. Uh, and they don't have a lot of the different problems that PayPal is going through right now. Uh, so with that being said, let's let's take a, a look at the numbers between PayPal and Square when it comes to the, uh, the analyst uh, rankings here. So when I am looking at PayPal, uh, and I, I still do like this company, uh, it's it's given me a uh, probably a lot more gray hair than it should have, but um, it's definitely one that I think can turn around, right? We've we've got a lot of analyst calls saying that this thing's going to 90, 100, and we're sitting at 59. Uh, so there's about 46% of upside on PayPal for a price target of $87. Uh, now, conversely, when I'm looking at Square, we are sitting at $56, and uh, the average price target is $86.95. So that's 52.8% of upside. So more upside on Square, less of the uh, problems, more momentum, I think we can see from Square. However, I think PayPal could really be at that point where people start buying this one up simply because it is getting way too cheap. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I still believe that Block has uh, a lot of pin action from PayPal. If people start buying PayPal, I think that uh, Block is going to continue to grow as well. Uh, at least in the share price. So um, I'm going to go with Square. I don't know that we've had this one before. And uh, I think it could be a good stock for us to add right now. The price to sales makes sense. And uh, I like the growth that they are putting up. So let's go ahead and uh, and write this one down. I'm going to write uh, week 35. Sorry, too many things on the desk here. So we've got Square SQ. So that is going to be number one. Now, I do want to take a look at uh, some other healthcare names. And uh, one that I, I still haven't really wrapped my head around why this one is traded down so much uh, is going to be CVS. Uh, I, man, I, I know this one has been all over the map. Uh, it definitely soared through COVID as well. Um, this time last year, uh, actually, yeah, right about a year ago, on August 18th of 22, this was trading at $104.89. Currently, we're almost at the yearly low, and we are at $66.79. So uh, this one, PE is sitting around 29. It's a little bit higher than I'd really like. Uh, that's trailing 12 months. I, I could definitely take a look at the forward. But uh, the average price target on CVS is $94.50. That is 41% higher than where we currently are. Uh, plus, we're getting a dividend, which is, is really nice when, uh, you know, this thing has traded sideways or down, and you're still collecting uh, 60 cents per share uh, for each share that you own. And uh, with that $200, we'd get uh, right around three shares. So that's uh, that's definitely nice to be able to get a little bit of income off of this play as well. So uh, again, I, I think there was a lot of people that were neglecting this one after a lot of those COVID vaccines uh, were you know kind of on their way out. People were getting them, but now it's less. And people were going into CVS Health to uh, get those shots, buying some more product. But uh, a, a lot of people have traded this one, uh, you know, kind of as a COVID play. And I don't know that it's necessarily that. So we definitely have some competition from Amazon looking to get into prescriptions. We've definitely got competition uh, from other uh, pharmacies and uh, other other stores that are really doing well on that pharmacy front. You know, Costco, uh, Walmart, Target, all these different companies or have some kind of uh, you know ties to pharmacy. So CVS, uh, I, I like the fact that we're getting a, a solid dividend. And uh, I think this one could really rally off of some of these lows. It's kind of traded uh, fairly sideways for a while now. 
Uh, back in April, we were sitting at 76. Uh, you know, back in May, we were sitting at $68. So we're, we've definitely had this, this sideways action on CVS. And uh, I'm waiting for this thing to really break out. Uh, we had a decent drop from August 16th until uh, until now for about uh, $4 roughly. And uh, I think that this one could really um, kind of turn around, get some momentum, and uh, we could really be in, in for a uh, reversal here on what is going on in CVS uh, stock. So I'm going to add CVS as number two. And uh, I definitely like that uh, that play here. Uh, now, going forward, um, I do think that uh, the one we were talking about earlier, uh, Kenview, could be a solid name for us as well. K-V-U-E. Now, that is that spinoff from Johnson & Johnson. I mentioned a lot of the names that it had uh, under management, but um, let's go back to them real quick. We've got uh, Tylenol, Neutrogena, Listerine, uh, Johnson's, Band-Aid, Aveeno, Zyrtec, Nicorette. Uh, so they are getting added to the S&P 500. That might have already happened. It is a uh, going to be a less information known about this company uh, with a lot of the different things that are brand new to it. But it does have a 3.5% uh, dividend uh, as well currently. So uh, I do think that we're going to get some people swapping out of Johnson & Johnson for Kenview shares, which should uh, further boost the upside of this uh, this company as more people take interest in it. And also more people are buying the S&P 500 and we're going to have uh, a small portion of that going to Kenview shares. So we got about 23% of upside, 3.5% uh, of dividend uh, and kind of it's that, that new stock on the street. I think we could get some, uh, some real momentum from the fact that it is a new pharmaceutical company, but also has ties to Johnson & Johnson with some tried and true names. It's not like we're buying a, a biopharma play. These are tried and true names. I mean, who doesn't know Tylenol in the world? So uh, I think it is one that could definitely have a lot of those consumer staple names, but also give us some momentum from being brought into the S&P and being the new stock on, on the market there. So uh, KVUE is going to be number three for week 35. Uh, so we've got Square, we've got CVS. Uh, I definitely wanted to take a look at some defense uh, sector names. And uh, let me take a look here. I, I got a couple written down. I was looking at Raytheon RTX. I was looking at General Dynamics, which was a GD. Uh, I know I looked at Boeing, even though I I, I, I can't I can't go with Boeing. I just can't do it. Uh, so uh, let's take a look at uh, Lockheed LMT. Let's see what we've got here. And uh, this is going to be like a, a PE. We've got about 9.9% of upside on this one. We've got uh, prices sitting at 450 and 2.7% uh, of, uh, of dividend yield. Uh, the PE makes sense to me on Lockheed. It's a 16.3. They've got a lot of the missiles and uh, defense systems that have been used in uh, Ukraine and around the world for a lot of the problems that are out there right now. Uh, they were just awarded a $622 million U.S. Navy contract. Uh, they had a huge uh, uh, backlog of uh, uh, product that they were trying to make and get out to the their customers. Uh, Trefis says about 15% of uh, price side appreciation, 97% bullish on uh, tip ranks. We've got a lot of good things here. Uh, the, the dividends just kind of keep climbing their way up. And uh, yeah, what are we getting on a dividend? About $3 a quarter, so $12 a year for buying one share. Uh, I definitely like this company. Smaller than I'd like upside, but um, the analyst research, you know, only pointing to about that nine point nine percent of upside. But the PE makes sense to me. Let's uh, let's take a look at um, let's take a look at Raytheon. Let's see how these two compare. So two point seven percent dividend on um, what was this one on uh, Lockheed? Let's get back over to Raytheon RTX and see what we can expect out of this company. And I just mistyped it. Uh, it came up anyhow. Uh, so PE is a little bit higher, right? 22.5 times. Uh, quarterly dividend 2.7. Uh, I definitely like the Raytheon company. I, I know that I bought it on uh, an episode here uh, probably a couple weeks back. But uh, we have more upside when it comes to RTX, about 18%. The, the dividend is very close. The PE is a little bit higher. Uh, I'm guessing we're paying uh, for some more growth when it comes to Raytheon going forward. 
Uh, and what does it say we've got here? They've got, uh, obviously, the, the Pratt & Whitney line of, uh, of engines. We've got uh, defense, business, jet, uh, general aviation customers. We've got uh, the Raytheon segment provides advanced air and missile defense system, uh, effectors, hypersonic sensors and radars, cybersecurity services, and integrated space solutions for government and commercial. Uh, so I definitely like a lot of those fields. Uh, definitely defense right now, I think, is uh, not getting enough uh, attention for everything that's going on in the world. And uh, in an election year, we, we could definitely see some changes as to the spending that is going on in defense. So um, Raytheon might get the nod for me over Lockheed right now. Let's take a look at uh, General Dynamics. Uh, PE is a little bit lower at an 18 with a 2.4% dividend. And uh, on the analyst research side, just a, a quick run through. What do we got here? We've got 16.79%. Uh, um, man, I, I don't know. I think uh, for me, I'm going to throw Raytheon RTX into the mix for number four. Uh, I think one, the the dividend, two, uh, the the upside, and uh, I, I definitely like the the product. So uh, they're also going to be doing a lot of uh, those recalls that were on some of those engines. Uh, those are, I believe, overblown. I think it was 1,200 units that uh, were going to be recalled. Uh, but a lot of those were already due for service as it is. So they'll be out of service for a couple days. But uh, I think they're going to get this problem right. And it is going to be done and over with in, uh, I think it was 24 months, the last I heard. So uh, I'm going to go with Raytheon, right? Uh, I believe that this one has more upside. Uh, I think that uh, some of the problems that they had that brought the stock down were overblown. And we're going to uh, put that as number four of week 35. Um, so now, well, uh, let's see what we got for number five. Some of them I've already talked about others. I have not, uh, I was looking at Pfizer. Uh, Pfizer is trading very cheaply. It is at a 9.7 times PE. We've got uh, solid earnings. Uh, we've got uh, a quarterly dividend of four and a half percent. And, uh, let's take a look at the analyst research on Pfizer. We've got 22.4% uh, of upside on Pfizer. Again, this one was traded as a one-trick pony through uh, through COVID, right? They had the vaccine, and man, they were already a large blue-chip healthcare pharmaceutical company that you know they they could have stood to uh, done a little bit better from some of the vaccines that were coming out. But they also have a long pipeline of drugs that aren't really getting the the notoriety and uh, some of the the love that other names are getting. You know, I'm looking at Eli Lilly. That one doesn't really have the upside because it just keeps running. But uh, Pfizer doesn't get that love. Uh, I definitely think that they have some strong names um, and they are more than simply a COVID play. Uh, Trefis has it at a 33% upside from here at a price estimate of $48.67. Uh, we've got primary care making up about 55% of the stock price and specialty making up about 40%. We've got uh, two and a half percent going to oncology and 2.1 percent in Pfizer Center One. Uh, so bullish from tip ranks. 92 percent of uh, analysts say that they are bullish. Uh, that's over 54 sources from the past 12 months. Um, what else we got? Uh, let me see if we got any news on their company overview. Uh, they definitely have some biopharma. They, they've got they've got a lot of different things going. They've got uh, Eliquis, Nurtech. By Dura and the uh, Premarin family, we got Prevnar, uh, Nymenrix. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff that I can't say here. Trumenba, uh, 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 Paxlovid. I, I know they've got a lot of different drugs, more than the vaccine is my point. And they are trading as a one-trick pony. And I really don't think that it makes sense. The The PE is remarkably low. The dividend is uh, solid at a 4.5%. And we got about 22% of upside on a solid blue chip pharma play. So I, I think that's going to be the one we're going to go with for number five, PFE for Pfizer. And you guys can let me know what you think about these picks that I'm just kind of coming up with on air here uh, on Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. So please get over there. Let me know your thoughts as to what I'm coming up with and uh, maybe some names that you are looking at, right? If someone can give me a name that... Uh, would make sense for week 36 really to uh, throw some other names in the ring to get this uh, this Webull portfolio going and uh, hopefully accelerating into the second, you know, the second half of the, the 
back half of the year, that would be great, right? I definitely want to see some names that we haven't uh, really taken a look at uh, really lead the way and uh, build out a portfolio that we're all happy that we're we're here and we're talking about these names. So uh, real quick, I did want to take a look at the, uh, the Webull portfolio. It did trade down uh, while I was gone. I, uh, I don't look at it for a minute and uh, it goes uh, the wrong direction. But uh, we are still in the green, albeit uh, about 10% less than where we were probably a few weeks back at this point. We are clinging on to green. We've got 0.4% of positive on this account. Uh, but uh, I will be buying QQQ tomorrow. And uh, you guys let me know what you think between uh, the, the names that I just came up with. Square, uh, SQ or Block, uh, CVS. Kenview, K-V-U-E, uh, Raytheon, R-T-X, and Pfizer, P-F-E. So that's the five I got for you. That's all the time I got for you. Hopefully, uh, you guys had a great summer. And uh, I know I'm getting swamped back into the uh, the back-to-school, back-to-sports rush. But uh, I will try to be here uh, two times a week, as we've done in the past going forward. Uh, so that's what I got. Thanks for stopping by, and I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.